This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and thanks for joining me. It is Sunday the 30th of May and here's the latest on travel and destinations from the Green List and in particular from Heathrow Terminal 5. I'm waiting for a flight out to Gibraltar and while I'm here I thought I would give you the benefit of my experience here today. So I'll be looking at how different the flying experience is. Also, as Europe turns green, is the UK going red? And what's the outlook for Eurostar trains in the coronavirus era? Of course, this podcast is completely free, as is my weekly travel email. You can sign up at independent.co.uk forward slash newsletters. Like you, I imagine, I've spent very little time at airports in the past year. I'm delighted today to be flying to Gibraltar, along with, it looks like, pretty much a plane load of other people. I'm at gate B34 of Terminal 5, and there's a huge scrum waiting to get on, and people being people, there is quite a lot of crowding. Everyone seems to be wearing masks, but... Even so, uh, social distancing is not particularly in evidence. Let's run through the sequences involved in a journey to and through an airport these days. Well, just getting to Heathrow or another airport could be more difficult because of the reduction in surface transport. That's entirely understandable. Why would you run four Heathrow Express trains an hour when... Ultimately, there's not enough passengers to fill one. So that has happened quite significantly. I think the way that we will get to uh, enjoy the previous amount of service is simply when passenger numbers build up. But bear in mind that everybody has lost an awful lot of money. Um, Heathrow Express, for instance, which was a handy little moneymaker for Heathrow, uh, is most certainly going to be turning in a loss and don't forget that Crossrail which is well, currently about three years late when that finally opens that's going to have quite an effect as well. I actually ended up getting a night bus here because there were so few alternatives. Once you arrive well of course masks on everybody. The security check isn't any different from the way it was except that uh, Everyone is wearing masks and it seems to be quite a lot faster because of the relatively small number of passengers. I was through in just a couple of minutes. There's an awful lot of shops open um, and restaurants and I was quite surprised. I mean, the Fortnum and Mason Champagne Bar, no, I didn't stop, thank you, is fully open at well, six o'clock in the morning when I came through. Uh, you've also got Pret. You've also got 
all kinds of really fancy shops. These, again, places which made an absolute fortune when Heathrow was the busiest airport in Europe, uh, a title which it appears now permanently to have lost. Getting through to the gate is quite straightforward. If you are out on the B or the C gates, don't wait for the shuttle. It's impossible to social distance on it. This is the little train which runs out. Much better just to take the moving walkways. You have to go down to level minus four, which is quite a schlep and actually quite difficult to find. But then you're all right. And then at the gate, well, they are just uh, scanning your boarding pass and your passport. But crucially, depending on your destination, they may also ask for the verification of your trip. Bear in mind that loads of countries have rules on British and other people coming in and very often you will need proof. And that would happen at the check-in gate if you had any checked baggage. But thanks to BA's still astonishingly generous cabin baggage limit of 46 kilograms, I certainly won't be checking in anything anytime soon. And the other interesting thing, I think, about the operation here is that, well, the flight is going to be taking off from the only operational runway. Heathrow, which, of course, for decades has been making a fuss about, well, we've really got to have another runway, is now operating perfectly happily from a single runway, the southern runway. So there probably won't be any congestion leaving but we may have to wait for a plane or two to arrive normally one runway is for arrivals the other for departures and of course i will be giving you more information from gibraltar when i get there but on the subject of that proof you need to provide well as europe turns green we hope with the announcement due we think next thursday the 3rd of june is the UK going red? Well, it very much is if you look at the latest from Romania. Absolutely not a top destination for British travellers. I think it should be. It's uh, got everything from Black Sea beaches to incredible depth of history and beauty. But it is going to be tougher for people to get to. Uh, certainly vaccinated travellers only is my understanding. I'm waiting for the latest Foreign Office advice to come through, but we were moved from the UK from green to amber to red very quickly. Add to that the uh, prohibition, which comes into effect tomorrow for people arriving in France, essential travel only, and the bans from Austria and from Germany and the immediate future for the UK doesn't look great from a travel point of view. Remember, of course, that the government's green list of 12 supposedly safe destinations from which you can return without quarantine, well, most of those are off limits anyway because they simply will not let us in. So beware of Europe looking at the UK and thinking, hmm, we don't like that Indian variant and their infection rates are going up even though they're supposed to have the best vaccination programme in Europe. Now, it's not all about planes, of course. What about trains? And Eurostar is having the most 
terrible time. Um, this is, of course, the train service which runs very efficiently, usually, uh, from the UK, from London, St Pancras, via uh, uh, the, the uh, Ashford International stop and also Ebbsfleet in Kent. And that's a great, great service. But first of all, the Kent stops are off. Secondly, the number of trains has completely collapsed. It's basically one London-Brussels-Amsterdam train and one London-Paris train. They were going to have a horrible time anyway because, of course, the uh, Brexit uh, will have a damaging effect, particularly on travel to and from uh, Belgium because nobody will be going to Brussels in the same numbers as they were when we were members of the European Union. And the amount of travel to and from France is also likely to reduce, not least because a lot of uh, French holidaymakers will not be able to come to the UK because of the new uh, passport rules which are coming into effect from October, which means that you will not be able to enter the UK with your ID card. This is um, something which is uh, very important to the government, very surprising to the travel industry, not least because they realise just how secure ID cards are. And it will certainly have a difficult effect on uh, UK tourism. But since the government has largely given up on UK tourism, I suppose that just sort of fits in with the pattern. Um, I was <laughs> going to say that's not a political point, but it... <laughs> is very much my view. Um, Eurostar is gradually stepping up the number of services but very sadly just as it was doing that the new French rule is coming into effect on Monday which means that people will of course not be able to go unless they have essential reasons for going there. Um, you can hear a violin perhaps in the background. Um, I, I think it is a sad time for Eurostar. They're basically owned by a combination of um, French railways and uh, pension funds. And those organisations are wondering what to do. Basically, they'll pump in more money. Um, and then when we come back in travelling in proper numbers, you can expect a paired back service, I fear. I hope I'm wrong and Eurostar flourishes, but the evidence I've seen so far doesn't indicate that is the case. And so, this is the end of today's broadcast from Heathrow. Oh my goodness, that sounds as though my plane is uh, soon going to be going. Um, of course, this podcast is completely free, as is my weekly travel email. You can sign up at independent.co.uk and newsletters after that. For now, though, thanks so much for listening. Uh, goodbye, stay safe, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 